Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Horizon Scan with me, Gaz Walsh, and Hugh Keir, host of the HR podcast. No, HR show, isn't it? I can't call it the podcast anymore. Um, so this morning, we are recording on a Tuesday morning instead of a Thursday morning. So we haven't had the week's events to look at to get us hyped about subjects and sufficiently pissed off to moan about things yet. <laughs> so um, if something happens, if you're watching this on the Sunday and something massive has happened Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we're not talking about it, that's why, because this is fucking Tuesday in our world. So what did you tell me to press record about? You wanted to talk about Tristan Tate, didn't you? I didn't want to talk about it. If we had, well, you if did say time. that. You said, Let, let's, I want to talk about that if we've got time. So, well, we did start before you start recording. We and, then, uh, and then um, let's do it briefly. Okay, Trist. I saw like I, all I know. I'd only ever. I was like, "Who the fuck is Tristan Tate?" And then I realised, oh, that this is one of the Andrew Tate lot. And a tweet cropped up in my timeline in Twitter. Uh, not that I follow him, um, but when I looked, there was there's some people that follow him, and I was pretty disappointed when I thought actually maybe they just follow him to see what this bell ends up to, which is what I do with some people. Yep. Same here. Um, and the tweet, the, the tweet was like, he said, unpopular opinion. Uh, people, it was something like people who listen to music are thick as fuck. Or people who listen to music are stupid. I've got, I've got no motivation in their lives. So it, was, so it was something so utterly ridiculous, yeah. utterly ridiculous. But, you know, it, it, to me, it sort of reinforced what, what those people are like. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned engagement farming and engagement farming tweet. It is, but it's a negative one. And it's, and that, it's not entirely unusual that he's doing that. Like other people do this. They say something completely – trolls are the best of this. <laughs> say something completely inflammatory, either either to stoke the fires of social media or to stoke the fires of social media and get attention for it, you know, um, you know, engagement farming. Yeah. But, but I, I play in devil's advocate. Obviously, I, I hope made clear last episode that I'm not a fan of these people. I can understand what's going on. I'm not a fan of them. But you just – that's not necessarily like he can have an opinion about people who want music and he can put it on the internet and that's fine. And like, you know, you can go, well, you're a fucking idiot. Then why have you said that? But you know, but you know exactly why he said it. And he might actually believe that. Sure. No, I don't think he does. That's not the point. I don't think he does. I think it's, exactly. you know, he's saying it for engagement farming, but he has, it's, it's no different than any other opinion than people put online. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason, it, I think the reason I, yeah, really the reason I think I wanted to bring it up or even just mention it is because it, it shows exactly what these people are, hmm. right? And I am completely convinced they're criminals, right? But ignore that. It shows these people who advocate to be, well, especially Andrew does, advocate to be, you know, trying to give advice and guidance and help men probably better themselves, be better in society and try to do good things for the world, albeit it doesn't appear like it. But that's that's kind of what he seems to be, says he's doing, this notice life advice to make people greater. No, they're not. Just that, that, that one tweet from Tristan Tate and does it all. And does it all. I want to find it. 
It undoes it all. Just a perfect example of these bell ends these people are and just completely in it for themselves. You know. Um but let's not labour on the point. Yeah. Well they I don't think we I don't think we came across as like we thought they were good people on the last episode. I think we just I think we just pointed out that they're people who will do whatever they need to to make money and they've spotted a gap in the market and they've made money. Listen to this crackers tweet. I, read it. No, I agree with you. Go on. I know. I want people to listen okay. to it. This is the Tate's. For anyone who may be wavering on the on the fence and thinking maybe now, I think this is a good example. I, 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 very, people like, I don't think this I, is a good example because I think it's incredibly I vanilla. I very much doubt anybody that listens to this is like that. However, I just want I just want unpopular opinion, but I really hate music. I've also found that the dumber somebody is, the more meaningful and important they find music to be. Oh. Yeah, but like I say, that, that I get it. That's just incredibly vanilla. Uh, just example to give. Well, I know, but it's me. It's it's it's. I mean, music. It's such a gen, gen, general. He's it's such a generalization. He's pulling that. He knows what he's doing. It's just been a bad. Yeah, I do. Anyway. It's engagement farming. Yeah, God. <laughs> like I said, they, they, I said to you the other day, you know, engagement. We're going to see a massive amount of engagement farming for you know at least a while while this new Twitter policy comes in, where you can get paid for engagement. You get a portion of the ad revenue based on the comments in your posts, and people put advertising in the posts, and you get paid for it. People mm. are, you know, getting thousands of dollars for it. So you will see all the big hitters out there putting every now and then they will put these just very obviously. I require an answer. What is your opinion? Or they will put something out there that's a little bit spicy to try and get people to come on and gob off at them. But they're just making money. It's a money making way of doing it like you just have to spot it it's like it, it's it's going to be what it's going to be like it's your responsibility to look at it and go well I'm not playing that game I know what you're doing Musk is going to need his bot management policies at you have to be level. verified don't you yeah, it's only, it only counts from verified people so you have to be playing oh, okay. for Twitter Blue to be involved in the whole fucking process. You can't get money, and bot comments don't count. You know, so it's actually okay. Yeah, that that's it. Certainly, is a positive thing. So, oh, so it's you gain ad revenue from engagement that you get from other verified yes. accounts. That's good. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not a bad thing, but people are going to do it every now and then, at least. It'll be part of your, you know, the way social media companies say you need to be doing three stories a day and posting once every day and whatever. There'll be a strategy, which is every, you know, fifth, sixth tweet needs to be some sort of engagement thing if you want to maximize this. It's all fucking game, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. irritating. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do, doing it on a Tuesday, you know, doing this on a Tuesday is not too bad because you get the weekend's news. Do it on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Boy, if we want to change this to a Tuesday all the time, it's fine. I don't mind. You know. Yeah. yeah. I do think. Well, it makes. Are you, are you still release for the, for the masses? Will the masses still get it on a Sunday or you release it earlier? I don't know. We could change it. I think it depends how. I mean, we're just now doing admin in the middle of the episode, but yeah, we could change this. No, <laughs> I mean, it's just. No, we could. We could. I really. I'm. I'm easy about when we do it. Um, 
in week, we could do that and change it to coming out on, you know, maybe the Wednesday or the, it depends if I can get it edited on the Tuesday, but I still like to be able to do it, you know, every now and then, maybe even once a month, do it evening time somehow. Um, yeah. Just to be able to, because yeah. we can get the audience yeah. in, we can invite people, we can get a bit of back and forth, yeah, we can tell us with dicks. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to get people in. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway. Right. We, we, we did have a question in, didn't we? Did have a topic sent in? As a day from FB? Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, I don't necessarily want to go do that in this episode. Okay, so one of the listeners, she's a supporter of both oh, the Series Guild and uh, HR. She's in both the Discords. Uh, a girl called FB um, and she asked us to talk about CDBCs again and I think we can probably just answer give opinion on the on the question without going on it I think she kind of wanted a whole another episode on it because she's spoken previously about wanting to go deeper on it but we can if you remind me what the question was we can have a go and answer it if you want yeah well let's do that I mean Let's go as deep as we feel like going today. I mean, to, I mean, obviously, Faye, I'm sure she'll mind me saying the first name, but not the last name. Faye, be, Faye be watching or listening to this. So let's go to a level of de- level of depth to be comfortable with and knowledgeable on, which is probably surface level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't normally stop us. But it's an interesting question she posed. Um, so, or a couple of, couple of questions or a couple of topics. So um, what did she send to you? It was, okay... It should be interesting to hear about um, how how we think the move to digital currency will affect the differences between richer and poorer countries, those those whose countries move to it and those who don't. Or would it help? Would it increase differences, or would it help remove it? And then, and then also, she says, "Do you think existing digital currencies will be outlawed by countries in favour of their CBDC?" to maintain control of population behavior, keep track of money laundering and keep money within their economy. So first question is, is this going to widen or lessen the divide between rich and poor countries, CBDCs, when they're rolled out? Well, that's just like kind of, I don't really know. This is why I wasn't like, yeah, I haven't thought about this. I don't, I don't have a, an well, opinion on that. I don't, I don't have any sort of form, informed answer for that. I'm not sure. Do what I do. Do what I do all the time. And, form an opinion on the fly and I do it on this okay. all the time. Go for it. So we know there's a problem with accessibility to CBDCs in third world countries. We think it's easy over here. Right? Because we have we have literally incredible technology communications infrastructure in place that allows us to go and register an account, allows us to do that securely with a for traditionally do it at the bank. With a bank, for example, they can verify our identity. And every time I want to make a transaction, do anything significant with their account, there are steps in place. Most commonly known at the moment is two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication, MFA and 2FA, right? And most of the UK can go and get an account. Most of the UK will be able to prove to the authorities if that we are who we say we are and be able to get access to their CBDC account. Everyone will have an account, whether or not you get access to it or not, like in the UK. That is not the same in poorer countries. It's not the same. So I think that uh, in 
It's also that it also presents a major barrier for people in this country who have the same issue as poorer countries. They are extremely poor. Tramps, for example, you know, homeless people, and they aren't able to. They don't have identification. They don't have a fixed place. Um, uh, what do they call it? A fixed place. Abode. Of, fixed abode. Fixed place of abode. Um, so they're not going to be able to get access to it. I think it's the same in the poorer countries. There's going to be so in the poorer countries. There's going to be a small. Pr- a small proportion of people will be able to get access to their country's CBDC. Um, and if that country also decides to move cashless, which would, I would amaze me if a country did that in a poorer, a poorer part of the world where cash is so much more relied upon, where it is not really here then, and they move cash, then that would, that would make the divide massive. I think massive. Um, from a CBDC perspective, but it would ramp up the value. I mean, I don't just mean financial value. I mean value, utility value, for example, of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Yeah. So you've you've centered on the sort of the roll-up period. I'm not sure whether she was talking about the roll-up period. Obviously, I, I agree with what you're saying. Not sure if she's talking about the roll-up period or whether she's talking about just generally, as in like down the line, once everybody is, has got it, however long that's going to be, what will the effect of it be? But it'll, it'll be a constant. Oh, the roll-up period is roll-up period. You'll, you'll have your onboarding and there's, there's, constant, there's constant roll-out to, to people who haven't got the CBDC yet, mainly because of age as they get older and then they get access to the CBDC. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure whether it's... She's asking the question about, you know, when that difference will be. Like, once everybody has rolled out, is it better for poor countries? Well, let's assume, let's assume when it's in place. It, the, the initial onboarding has gone on. Yeah. You know, CBD has been released by a country. Let's say most countries in the world now yeah. have got a CBDC. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so I, think, I don't know if that's what she's asking. And if she is... That's when I don't know the, the answer. Like I know the answer to the first point you spoke about. You know, that, I mean, you can look at me. One of the reasons that I'm, you know, considering going and living somewhere else for a while is to time travel back to a country where it's incredibly unlikely that they're going to be able to roll out any anything like that in the for the majority, maybe of my remaining life. Um. The country is it's a very cash-focused place. They just don't have the infrastructure to be able to have everybody uh, on a CDBC. Um, so, yeah, I understand that bit. But I don't. once it has been rolled out everywhere, I don't know how that benefits or doesn't benefit um, poorer countries and whether it will make any difference to that. Because you've still got the first mover thing where the people who are able to bring it in sooner will have gained the system better, will have understood it better. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, on the, po- on, the, on, the, on the poverty divide thing, I mean, how do you, as a country, where most people are poor, most people don't have a bank account, Afghanistan, for example, you know, probably we said that, most um, no, I, I'm, I'm. They don't do Islamic banking. Now. I don't actually know. So it's, 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 
Islamic banking is a different system, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, unless access to any form of digital money, anyway. And I, um, when I say digital money, I'm including yeah. fiat, electronic fiat. Uh, how do you on, how do you onboard? How do you get you? How do you get someone into CBDC as, as a government? How do you bring someone to CBDC if they don't have a passport? They don't have identification. If they don't have a fi- fixed place of abode. I mean, a lot of the countries in the world don't even have street addresses. You know this yeah. from where we've worked in the past. They don't like, and this is something for people to wrap their head around. They don't realize this. A lot of countries in the world don't have house numbers. You don't have street names. You go to Iraq, even Baghdad, the capital city. Good luck finding the postman. Good luck finding the house number. Good luck finding the street. They don't have it. They have street names. I tell that back. They have street names. They don't have anything else. That's and that's only in Baghdad. You know, um, it's don't have a postal service. So, but, yeah. So thinking about that, what do they have? Like in most, in more more often than not, they might not have like a proper address in that way. But people, more people probably have some form of ID or even a telephone number. The, yeah, but they have. But they, those countries have less less checks in place to ensure against fraud or to, uh, uh, theft of identity. Yeah, I agree. But then, isn't that why? People want some sort of biometric ID. Isn't that why there's a push for that? Because the rest of it doesn't. If you can tie it to the actual person biometrically, then it, the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah, true. Yeah, why, true. When people talk about this thing as um, as one part of a sort of multifaceted change in the way we're going to do things in the future, that is one of them. It's it's an essential part. It's why fucking Tony Blair talks has been talking about it for about fucking 15, 20 years. Because he knows that that's necessary for the kind of, you know, future that he's in favour of. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? Hmm. A migrant comes to the UK, right? So let's just think about this. Slight tangent. A migrant comes to the UK. We're in this biometric world. Mm-hmm. Migrant comes to the UK, and we we scan them, scan their eyeballs or whatever, and find that they have not been registered anywhere else in the world yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're thirty years old. They say they're thirty years old. They've never been registered anywhere else in the world yet, and we are obligated to register them into the world biometric system, whatever it is. You know, like we've got got Interpol and where we share all the information, we get the five eyes and all that shit. And we do that. I wonder then if other countries would then take it that person that person's origin from a legislative perspective. Oh well you were first registered in the UK, so the UK would could deal with you from now on. I think that's probably true. Mm. And I think I think if you look at the reason why a lot of the migration happens is to do with future taxpayers, isn't it? So I think we'd probably be quite happy to take them because we that's how we see them as people who are going to be future taxpayers. They're going to prop up the, the sort of pension system that we currently how, have that's mm, you know, going to fail in our I'm, lifetime. You've, uh, you froze everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how young... When do your eyes when do your eyes stop changing? Because the answer to this problem is the government biometrics everyone at birth. Yeah, well, remember that oh, that thingy. 
Do you remember the um, article? If that's fucking, fucking Tony again, that article I shared with you about the CDBCs, like that's mentioned there, that your your digital identity will start at birth, and the sort of the staking system that they explain in there, the idea is that that you get all those, you know, your UBI staking payments all the way through up until you're 18, and at 18 you basically get this lump sum. So it would have to start at birth. So you'd have no choice of that. Hmm. So your iris is changing between the ages of zero and four, by the looks of it, but from four years old, it consistent. There you go, then. That's, that, that's early enough, isn't it? Because as a, as a kid, you're not doing anything crazy before four years old, are you? You are basically attacking no. your parents. No, but... From a logistical perspective, if I was me and I was Mr. 1984, Big Brother, I wanted to do this. Yeah. And a cost perspective and an efficiency perspective, the best the best time to do this would be at birth when the baby's in the hospital, they're in, they're in a facility, yeah. which has probably got the infrastructure. Okay, birth, uh, birth certificate. Yeah, there you go, mommy. I'll uh, just, um, while well, she's not looking up, she or he's not looking up, she'll just, um, just hold her still a minute, hold her eyes up, hold her eyelids up. Whenever you do it when you go to school, it's part of being enrolled in your first school. That's four, that's five years old, isn't it? So it's, when you go to school, that's when it starts. Nice and easy. No one's going to do it unless you're homeschooled. And I'm sure homeschooling at some point is going to be made illegal. So, you know. Yeah. So I think to answer the question, I think when they're rolled out, because some of the problems I was describing there with CBDCs in poorer countries, I think they exist now. So I, I, I don't. Maybe the divide won't widen. Maybe it'll just be as it is now. It's the same. It's the same. The same problems exist now. Mm-hmm. And I think in a poorer country where you try and remove cash, it doesn't doesn't really matter. They used to barter with anything. Yeah, but it hasn't been I'm sure um, Nigeria has a. Uh, and that's gone. They've got a CDBC, and that's gone real bad because they, they basically got rid of cash, and people are losing their shit over oh, it. I didn't know this. Right, Nigeria's here's an article. This is our Cato.org. No idea what this website is. <laughs> Nigeria's CBDC was not chosen; it was forced last year. Because this was written May 2023. Yeah. Uh, late last year, the Nigerian government caused a cash shortage for the country's 200 million citizens that led to protests, riots, and unrest. Since then, the Central Bank of Nigeria proudly announced that the adoption of the e-Nera, Nigeria's central bank digital currency, has increased 12-fold from 0.5% to 6% of the population. Mm-hmm. Godwin M. Emma Field, not presenting that right. That's not right. The governor of the, of the the governor of the Central Bank of Nigeria said the e-Nera has emerged as the electronic payment channel of choice for financial inclusion and executing social interventions. Mm-hmm. Whatever the fuck that. Yeah, means. that's it's good, whether it's a social intervention. Whether an adoption rate of six percent is a success can be debated, but it should be no misunderstanding that the Ian era was not adopted by choice. At best, it gained adoption due to desperation in the wake of the cash shortage that the government created. Governor, Governor what's-his-name, has been clear that the destination, as far as I'm concerned, is to achieve a 100% cashless economy in Nigeria. 
make no mistake, while a cashless economy may be the choice a Nigerian government has made, it is not a choice a Nigerian citizens have been free to make. Now, this is just reminding me of something I thought about last night when you sent me what Faye had sent you. Yes. Major, major barrier to onboarding. You need to ho- own a fucking phone. Yeah, but most people you do. You need to have no, but I no, but they do, but not the not the poorest parts of the world. And you need to own a phone, and you need to, you need to have um, data. I know most people do. Most I people know. do, even in the poorest parts of the world. Most people do. No. They do. They own, even if it's I'm, some, not dis- I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. So, well, I know you brought it up as a as a problem, but I'm not sure it is a problem. No, I know, but this. But, yeah, all right. Well, it is a problem, yeah. and it's also a problem. It's also a problem um, in terms of security and risk management. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck accessing your fucking bank account if there's no phone signal. Yeah, but there's a way of doing it, isn't there? Where it's all stored. They've spoken about this. I've read through the like even the Bank of England's um, proposal on the British CDBC as part of my fucking crypto nightmare. Um, yeah, like there's there's a way of doing it where it all happens within your um, within your phone basically, and it updates next time it gets signal. They've sort they have thought about that because that's an easy one straight away. There's a way of doing it so it all still works. Not for not, not for a prolonged period, for example, for a state attack on on national infrastructure. Well, that's a different problem, isn't it? That's like well, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that's a different problem. That's not like a day to day problem. That's going to be a thing. But absolutely. The thing is, we're all going to have problems with state attack stuff down the line because it's a nice, easy one. That's something mm-hmm. for us all to think about because that's it's just such an, a, a simple thing for people to to do to cause dramas in a country they want to cause dramas in. I mean, I'm sure you can have some sort of, you know, how hard is it really to create some sort of mega basic mobile phone that, that could be, you know, government issued? And that's that's your thing. You know what I mean? It's not difficult to do. And seeing as we're just printing money and stuff now, and it doesn't matter, um, the cost of that wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. So, but the other one. So we, was gone. So we don't think the devising is that big. No, I think it's going to be. There's going to be probably a you know, ten, fifteen year period where there will still be places around the world where this hasn't reached, unless something catastrophic happens in the meantime. If something insanely catastrophic happens, that somehow resets everything, which I don't think is going to happen really, um, where everyone just has to come onto a system. And it's like uh, there's things that are ready that we, that we don't know that are ready that are then put in place, which I don't think this is a thing. I think you've got a 10, 15-year period minimum before you know, you start seeing most of the, the world on this. Hence why I'm fucking disappearing. You know. We are so totally fucked when it comes in. We're so totally fucked. Yeah, yeah. Fucked. But people don't realise they, they, they unfortunately that they, they, as we spoke about last you well, you mentioned last time, there are these there are words that you can be labelled with that are designed to just take all uh credulity away from you. And this, yeah, the, the conspiracy theory one about CDBCs and what and UBI and what that's going to mean, that still is that still works for most people, despite it being spoken about for years now publicly. You know, I've sat in events 
where banks are there talking about implementing it and talking about how they're going to use it. You know what I mean? If you go to the the UK Gov's website about it, the FCA's website and all that. You you go on a dive on that, and you will be it will talk completely openly about it and all the things about we've mentioned previously about you know how transactions and whatever will be scrutinised and you know these tick boxes will have to be hit in order for you to make certain transactions and yeah you know, as, as that said social interventions these are real things that are possible and they've always spoken about in this very sort of bland. Well, that could mean this, or it could mean this. Yeah, vague language. They're all always written in that way. Um, I mean, right now, what I'm more right now, what I'm more afraid of with it, not afraid of. Yeah, yeah, more afraid of, which which is the less. Yeah, well, which is the less. It's less. um, Oh, tinfoil hat part, like bit of it. Yeah, but it's it's how I think we have mentioned before. It's that the government. It's going to have access and and whatever middlemen are involved with it in terms of rolling out the technology and all the rest of it, right? The government at the at the at the base level are going to have access to everybody's spending habits. They're literally their online spend profile, and and depending depending on how integrated it all becomes, and the online everything profile. If you if you know if you're all of a sudden the default the default suggestion at first is to oh you can register for an account with us with your CBDC account as a preferred method you know oh if you can't do that do this other way difficult way but that'll be the preferred method and, and all, all that information and all that information is then on chain as well and the government will have access to literally everything your all yeah your your activity online spend as well. To just generally what you're doing, and that, and and I'm not saying so. The the, the, the less like drastic sounding thing that I'm afraid of is that that information will be used by people who are in government who are captured by capitalism. I want to say it like that. They're captured by corporations by money making let's read this happens all the fucking yeah. time you know most yeah. obviously in america more blackrock and all the rest of it very obvious very obvious over here as well on occasion ministers who are in a place of power or people in government who are in a place of power or a position of influence whether you can see that publicly or not and they make decisions because they can line their pockets in some yeah. way happens all the fucking time right um and i think that information will be used to for that purpose nefariously but on large scale Large scale. I mean, look, the the, the we'll talk about nudge nudge tactics and stuff was in the you know we've been painting painting onto Sky News yesterday with the climate change the way that the way they're presenting climate change articles and news and stuff. Anyway, I think it's the same way. So our behaviour will be manipulated in what appear to be really minor ways to us. But if a million people have their behaviour manipulated in a really minor way, that makes a company, I don't know, a fucking dollar or a pound per person when they when they push, make this sale to that person over a period of six months. That's a lot of money being made off of one little tiny change in behavior or suggestive thing to a million people who all have this behavior profile that can be found in the CBDC because they – and it can be really specific. You know, they can go down a real – drill down and analysis data in really specific ways and identify – Case uh, like uh, p- profiles of people who are ripe, or, 
unknowingly right to be sold this service or product mm -hmm. or to be pushed towards thinking this thing about this party or this thing about this policy yeah. based on yeah. a range of factors from how often they buy certain things, when they visit certain places, wh what they do online, what groups they're part of, what websites they visit, um, where they live. Pull it all together, and they could they could uh, quite easily start. They will start. They will start manipulators. They fucking do it now. They do it exactly. Now. They just have more exactly. at the fingertips. That's what worries about. They will use it. They do it now. Yeah, and it's just very very. very no, I think you're right. It is. It's turbo warning. You would hit you. Yeah, you've segued nicely there into something else we were going to talk about that I got pissed off pissed off about yesterday. The whole, you know, the nudging thing. Um, I meant to ask actually, did you ever have Laura Dodsworth on? That's her name, isn't it? Did you ever have her on? No, I can't remember if I reached out. Did I reach out? No, I want to get her on. Yeah. So there's a girl, there's a, there's a, there's a, girl. There's a woman called, uh, I think it's Laura Dodsworth, who wrote a book called State of Fear. And she, go in that book, she goes, she you know, outlines very well um, that within, certainly UK Gov, there is a, um, a, de a department, basically, that is studying behavioural insights and uses that the data they have there to advise messaging to the public on how to change the change behavior. So government through these tiny little things are able to change behavior. I think it's called, is it called the behavioral insights team. It's called something like that, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, behavioral yeah. insights team. Um, and it's, it's behavioral science. It's like, it's the sort of thing that you, you, you wouldn't like to be done to you. You wouldn't like to think that somebody is analyzing you or your, you know, your group of friends, maybe, or whatever, and then working out how to make you do things that you don't might not necessarily want to do by little nudges, these little nudges and influence over, you know, through the information that you're fed. It's behavioral change, and we don't like that. Like it's a natural, we have like a natural aversion to that because we feel like we're being manipulated, and we are. And her book outlines how it was done during COVID, uh, and you can join. Okay, so you could, if you're so inclined, say that during COVID it was warranted because it was necessary for the safety of the public, and there was some, you know, disinterested ignorance, you know, whatever people within the population who weren't behaving correctly for the safety of us. And so those people, and also people who, you know, were just unaware and wanted to do the right thing, those people needed to be given these subtle nudges through messaging that would give them the desired outcome for the government's um, COVID plan to be able to handle that pandemic. And the problem is, like, even if you believe that's warranted, the problem is it's now being used for other things. And what they said yesterday, this article I saw, um, it was Sky News. So Sky News had written this piece, I think it was on their website, about how they were working with the behavioral insights team to fulfill their goals. They're sort of, yeah, they're basically making the point that you can change. Have you got it up there? What? The link I sent you. Another kind of okay. I'm just dig it out in case, in case I, I need to be yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got talking it. shit at some point. But yeah, what they were basically saying was that they're all in 
on a climate emergency. And they were making the point that TV and media can be can be used to, uh, to sway public opinion and to change behaviour for that goal, to working towards, you know, whatever climate goals that Sky is, is in on. You know, this is, bear in mind, this is a news and media organisation. This isn't a government body. This isn't anything like that. This is a, you know, a an organisation who a lot of people, certainly I'm sure people on the left would say that this is an organisation that's owned by a bit of a turd. Um, but yeah, the, the point I have, I'm making is that you've now got something that is supposed to be news, it's supposed to be relatively factual because people trust it, is actively working to shape a narrative that not all of their re- listeners, readers, viewers are going to be down with. And yeah. Just fucking report the news. Yeah. Just report the news. Just report the fucking news and not take a political position or an ideological position and push it that way. And we know they do. Yeah. We know they, they, they we know they like either they either slightly left or slightly right, or they try and be in the middle, or they're wholly left or wholly right or try and be in the yeah. middle. But that's it. But take it as far as that. Like a little bit of bias towards one part and the other. But not like this. Yeah. Completely wrong. It's completely wrong. I think we can I mean the the example I'm sort of I don't know whether people have noticed or not. Maybe, maybe you haven't noticed this, but it's quite, it's been quite warm in some countries. But um, some people would say that it was summer and relatively normal, and some people would say, "Well, actually, no, it's warmer than normal. That's fine." But you cannot. I think it's difficult to deny that if you look at weather maps, certainly for the entirety of my previous, you know, forty odd years on this planet, have been normal maps with temperatures on and you might have like a little bit of uh coloring on the temperature number just to say that it's a bit warmer than normal and what we're seeing currently everywhere it seems to me is these fucking it's like i don't know it's like armageddon there's these maps that are just like black and red and luminous pink and all sorts of stuff and it seems to me that there's no actual reason to do that which is an obvious overreaction. There's no reason to do that unless you're trying to push some sort of narrative to change people's minds and make people worried about something and make people concerned. Oh, this is a problem. Yeah. Red everywhere. That's we, we, we know that's danger. We know that's a problem. It's wrong. If if we come back to the, the nudge bit, a minute, yeah. like so, you know, the some people listening or watching maybe think, well, that's not unusual to, you know, measure what people are thinking yeah. and make a plan and make a plan for that yeah. to, you know, market, basic, basic fucking marketing, yeah. right? Whether you're a government or whether you're a company. But the problem is with the, the problem is with what the, the, the nudge strategy is, is that instead of, is that the, the government's default most of the time at the moment it appears the government's default strategy to to do the right thing for the country and do what the people want is to first get the people thinking what the government want them to think mm. so they have a they have a they have a thing that they think they want to do and they say okay how do we get people to think positively about this thing mm. 
and the nudge and the, the nudge tactics is one way to do it over time without without people noticing. Yeah. And it sounds very fucking basic. You know, it's basic, basic stuff. But and, and people are going, yeah, it's fucking normal. But yeah, but it is normal. But it's not normal for a government to do that. It's default. Yeah. It's default. You know, let, let's change people's attitudes towards this thing. And when we know they're on board, then we'll drop that. But it could be just some policy. Yeah. I said just some policy. Yeah. You have to be pretty something pretty major for them to do this. But yeah, you know, a major policy, an invasion of a country, an introduction of a brand new uh, a brand new piece of legislation that's going to fundamentally change the cost of fuel, mm-hmm. the ability to travel to work cheaply, for example. Yeah. You know, it's 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 how they're using it and why they're using it. You know. Traditionally, I think the right way for a government to go about doing this is they would conduct research about the voting public. They conduct research about public opinion on something and then decide whether something is good or not to do. Or, well, they just go through, they would just go through a period of analysis on it. You know, research polls, surveys, engagement with the public, chucking news out there, feeding articles to newspapers to see what the response is like back. And, um, I didn't go about it that way, but instead they just go straight for they just go straight to let's change behavior. Yeah. And it's, it's the whole sort of not not necessarily create a problem and then offer a solution. It's a little bit of that. But it's identify the the problem that will get the solution that they want and then amplify that. And it's you can you can in the, certainly in the case of Sky, you can say that well there are you know, they're a private company, they can do what they want. And that is that's kind of true. But I think what we what we don't like and what we're uncomfortable with is government and corporations becoming intertwined. We don't like that. We think it should be separate because we know that with corporations, regardless of who they are, there's always a profit motive. And we don't like that being intertwined with government because government is supposed to be, you know. A democracy and it's supposed to be separate from it and it's supposed to be literally the government is supposed to be enacting things that we want actioned that's the whole fucking idea you say i'm going to do all these things we go okay we want those things i'm going to vote for you you end up in power and then you with the back of the civil service doing the work you then those things happen that's what's meant to happen and when business becomes too intertwined with it in the way that you spoke about previously with you know, MPs coming into power or just politicians in general coming into power for a while, squaring themselves away once they realise that it's not, you know, what they thought it was maybe. Some people do probably come into, go into politics just to line their pockets, but they, they square themselves away and then they go out. They don't care long-term what the problem is. They, you know, there's that revolving door between government and think tanks and boards of companies and we see that everywhere. You know, we spoke previously about that happening in the US with pharma, the regular, with the, the regulators and pharma companies having a bit of a revolving door. None of those things are good practice. And when we see it, we don't like it. And nobody likes being manipulated. Nobody likes feeling like that because, at the very least, you feel like someone thinks you're an idiot. Like, do you think I can't see this? I can see what you're doing. And I know some people we, don't, but it's like there is one final we, bit. We can. One final bit. The the other side of it, like you said, where they sort of decide what they want, and then they it's 
and then they push towards that. It isn't just about what they do with giving information. So they go, this is the information we want to give out. That's whatever. You do that. I think that's wrong and they shouldn't do it. But if they do that, the other side of it, though, is they've never previously, to this scale that I remember, villainized those that don't go with it. And you know what I mean? So if you if this is the approved sort of narrative that's being pushed and you think something differently and speak about it publicly or whatever, I haven't seen the same thing previously to go, well, these people who don't agree with this line are wrong, bad, a problem, dangerous. I haven't seen that. And that's I think that's the real dangerous thing about it. Hmm. Um, she had another question. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, and it was, sorry, and it was, um, if you want to, if it's on the same. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of. We should have done this before we just did the, that bit. Go on. No, sorry. Uh, do you think digital currencies will be outlawed by countries in favour of their CBDC? What do you think? I've just been ranting for five minutes, so you, you crack on. Some will, some won't, but it'd be hard to enforce. It'd be really difficult to enforce. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see how well they're able to restrict payments from a cryptocurrency into a CBDC. Because if they can do that, that really puts the kibosh on people who are wanting to live, you know, in basically use their day-to-day banking, not banking, paying for stuff and receiving cash off the CBC, which is what I would like to do. You know, so if I wanted to use Bitcoin, if I'm not able to pay Bitcoin to my CBDC account, which which will be a necessity, I think, because it's gonna be it's gonna you know like you have some organ you have some place you go and, you go and pay for something or put a deposit down for something now. It's really rare these days, but it used to be like, oh no, you have to have a credit card for this. Yeah. Like literally you have to have a credit card. I can't remember examples. Yeah, I'd have a, have no, a definitely card to do it. I don't think it is. Wasn't it? So it's going to be like that. There's going to be things, products and services that you can only pay, mainly services that you can only pay for with your CBDC account. Yeah. And that'll be the government stipulating that. And they'll, they'll say that it'll, they'll tell whatever organization or industry that, that they're um, putting this rule onto. They'll tell it for safety and security concerns around fraudulent behavior and blah, 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 blah. No, you're only allowed to operate if you're accepting, uh, if you're accepting payments from CBDC and nothing else. And, that, and we know that because then we know we're accepting money from a real person, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But that means that it just forces people to have to use CBDCs most of the time. If they can reduce, if we can stop a bit, Bitcoin paying, they can stop you getting your Bitcoin from your Bitcoin into CBDC, that creates a real issue. Well, it's the on and off ramp, isn't really? it? If you if you get rid of the on and off yeah. ramp, so by that I mean the ability to go from the government money, whatever you want to call that, whether that's cash, fiat, you know, digital in your bank accounts, CDBC, whatever, the the ability to go from that into crypto, so Bitcoin maybe as an example, and off. If, you, if the on and off ramps goes, then you've got real problems because you can't start then. It's for, it's very difficult for you to start then. So imagine a situation where I don't hold any Bitcoin. So CDBCs are coming in the UK. And maybe it's down the line, because this won't happen overnight, but it might say it's down the line a bit. And it's all been going for a while. 
Um, and they want to go, okay, now we need to cut off this sort of alternative. Um, if I as a, if I say somebody doesn't like the fact that we now have these CBDCs and I want to go, right, fuck this, I want to go and use Bitcoin because Bitcoin in theory is, you know, peer-to-peer transactions. You don't need anyone in between governments or anything. There's no sort of oversight in any real way about, you said you couldn't stop it in an easy way. Um, if that's what I wanted to do, I would. I'd, the only funds I've got to be able to go and buy Bitcoin would be in CDBC form. So if, if that line is cut there, I can't then jump into that sec- that other world. It's very difficult for me to do. Um, I would have to either accept payment at some point from someone who already has some Bitcoin and get it that way, or I'd have to mine it. And if I was mining it, there's issues with that to do with expense in the beginning. So you might have because the government can see your transactions on CDBC, they'll be like, okay, well, this person is buying X amount of processes that will be able to, uh, we, we, we think from their transaction history that these people are about to start mining Bitcoin. Uh, they'd also be able to see it from your energy bill. You know, it, like, there would be like an uptick in your energy use that would flag and they'd be able to go, well, this person is a Bitcoin miner. Um, and that those two things there, there's just, that's just two examples. You are then targeted as, oh, well, why are you using Bitcoin? You're then a, a potentially bad person for doing that. Why aren't you using the thing everyone else is doing? Well, the only reason we use Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency is for nefarious actions. Why don't you want to buy legal things? You must be buying illegal things. So the on and off, that's where the real problem is. So you can, if you've already got some or you're able to get some, I think there will be it's not necessarily a black market, but I think there's potential in the future for an alternative economy where people do just pay peer-to-peer and go, well, have you got Bitcoin? Oh, mega, cool. So have I. Let's just buy this or do this service for that. Um, but I think it, the CDBC to Bitcoin and other crypto, whatever, I think that's going to be very difficult. And answering your question about which ones or phase question about which ones, I think it will just be the big players. It'll be, um, it will basically be, if, but Bitcoin, Bitcoin and Ethereum, I think others, XRP probably, yeah. it'll be the big players. The rest of them will be phased out. They won't be a thing. They'll just be regulated out of existence. Um, and I think down the line, I think the end game is that they, they don't want any of it, really. They want, they'd like to get, if you could, they could turn it off tomorrow, if like, you know, governments and people who are interested in running countries. If they could turn it off tomorrow, I'm absolutely sure they would. It's just about how they do it. Um, yeah, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be incredibly difficult. And there's going to be some real reductions down the line because of it. So that's why yeah, I'm like, throughout my whole fucking tenure, with my tenure, that my period of like, being involved in crypto and stuff. The only thing I've ever act- actively told people to buy is Bitcoin. Like you can go and buy whatever else you want, even the things that I've been involved in the past. Like you can go and buy those things, but they're speculative things. Bitcoin actually has a fucking reason to exist. And I'm not a back Bitcoin max or anything, but I just think if you if I had to buy one thing, it would be that. Here's the, ca- here's the cash we're going to need, isn't it? I mean, we we just to. I, I'm just conscious that earlier on I said, oh, we're completely fucked when CBDC's coming. I didn't really qualify it. I know you, I know you know, but like we, we, I, we just discussed the reasons 
like why I think we're completely fucked. And, and one is like you've got this, you've got you've got the fact that CBD sees it coming, yeah. right? And it gives that and it gives that opportunity to the government that if they wanted to, if the wrong people got in power or the fucking trend that continues that we're on now continues in terms of their trend of increasing level of control and less uh, and, 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 and and less uh, tip, less tipping of the hat to actual democracy, mm-hmm. right? So you've got that increasing ability to control if they want to via CBDCs. And if, so you've got, that, you've got that aspect. And then the other aspect is you've got the increasing evidence and increasing intent of them to manipulate our behavior yeah. and manipulate our opinions in ways that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. You've got these two yeah. things and they both increase, they're both going, they're both progressing really fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> really bad. Really bad. Yeah. And, and, and we're like, the, when you think of all the countries in the world, you think, the, anywhere in the West, especially the UK, the least likely place is going to happen. No, 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 not us. We're sound. We've been doing this for thousands of years, hundreds of years. We had a government for hundreds of years. Been going fine, going fine. All is rosy, and it isn't. Yeah. It, like, and it does often sound like tinfoil hat stuff when you can go out in the street, you can go about and do normal, normal day lives and do what you want. And if it all goes pear shit, the government has come crashing down with CBDCs and a huge element of control and cash disappears and you, know, and you have to have a CBDC account to survive, then for the most part, a lot of people, most people, will be, it'll be like completely oblivious to it for a while until it gets to 20 years down the line and you compare where you are now to where you were previously and realise that you're stuck in a fucking dictatorship yeah. or you're stuck in yeah. this... You're stuck in this quasi-China communist situation, which we are not far off, and we are like on the same path. I don't think people realise it. No, I don't think people realise it at all. And I put it entirely down to entirely down to that capture of the political structure by capitalism. Yeah, was it? Is that what I put it? The easy thing for people. And and um, and America, that's where they are. Except they are they are miles ahead of us on it, and got a shorter period of time. Like the Great American Experiment has failed. We think about how short amount of time they've been around. Something has gone catastrophically wrong in the way that country is governed, um, and that is where it's most obvious. And we are sort of trundling towards the same the same way. Got money influence on political entity at the expense of the, of people, which is what it's all about. It's just it becomes very obvious in certain parts of our world in the UK. It's broad daylight in America, broad fucking daylight. Yeah, and I think yeah. one of the problems we've got. I mean, you you basically blamed it on capitalism there, and I don't think you're wrong. It is it's a, it's an element of this stage of like. Doing things in a capitalist way combined with technology, I don't think you're wrong. There. I've got nothing wrong. Nothing against capitalism. It's 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 the relationship between capitalism and. Well, this is my point. Like, I don't I don't think you're wrong, but one of the things with you saying that there will be people who are who consider themselves to be socialist or that other the the opposite of capitalism, whichever you want. Um, they will be like, yeah, fuck capitalism. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. But you, if you do that, you've fallen into the trap. And that's what I have an issue. That's kind of what I have an issue with. That's why we keep talking about this, this thing about sides, the sides thing, and wanting your team to win, and just saying things like "fuck Labour," "fuck Tories," "fuck Dems," "fuck Republicans," all those things. You have just a fucking. You have fallen into the trap that they would like you to fall into because you're so busy talking shit about the other side that you haven't realised that there's very little difference between either side now politically. And their policies. They're all trying to do the same things, but they go to they will sell you those things in ways that are palatable to your political leanings. So you just you have to look at it and you have to come back from it and go, I couldn't give a fuck about that. What it doesn't matter if your politics are generally left or generally right. You have to step back from it and go, You people here aren't doing something that is a good idea, if you believe that. It's like I, I, I believe that. I don't think they're doing a good job of what they're doing. You have to step aside from the teams thing. Stop being played like a fucking fiddle by these people, and go. Stop doing that. I mean, we look at this country. Like the conservatives are basically. There's nothing conservative about the conservatives. The conservative party is now a joke. You know, and, and people are leaving it. Like with fucking droves, like they are going to die so hard at the next general election, that party may be unrecoverable now because they're not doing things that they said they were going to do and that they're not, their policies aren't conservative policies. They're basically a, they're like a, a sort of new labor type thing, like semi-Blairite. And it, for that reason, the next general election is going to be carnage. It's not going to be anything like the next US election is because obviously the US, well, the Amer- America does things a lot more spicy than we do. And that place is going to be insane in 2024. But the next election we have, you're going to have a situation where Labour are going to almost certainly going to come in. And it won't be because they've won, it'll be because the Conservatives lost, because they, they lost their base. Um, I mean, did you see the thing, talking about democracy, did you see what happened yesterday? Was it yesterday? It's happened this week. So there's currently like a, a committee, isn't there, about um, – it's to do with support for how we handle the Northern Ireland border, right? And there was, right. there was a situation where there was a vote required to support it or not support it. And Rishi Sunak became aware that some of the people that were on that committee weren't going to vote for him and weren't going to give him his way. So he removed them. From the committee. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, what, you're not going to support what I would like to do? Well, I'm going to fucking remove you then. That's not democracy. That's not doing it in a, that's not doing democracy correctly. That's not running a government correctly. You know, that's not dictatorship stuff, but that's what the fuck are you doing stuff? I mean, it's, an, it's, a, it's an interesting video about it. You'll see. It's like, well, that, is, that, is, that is dictatorship stuff. Well, I'm just trying to be nice. Is, it's, t- it's, it's, stuff it is, that, yeah, it's stuff that we don't think happens in this country. That's what you would expect. You, if Putin did that, you go, oh, Putin's well, a bastard. Yeah. yeah. So you've got, we now have a prime minister who wasn't voted for, who was brought in <laughs> by effectively the city of London. The, the softest, most British, weird little coup we've ever had. 
he's in power and he's just doing all these fucking stupid shit that undermine everything, you know, basically everything about our, our democracy and the way it's, it's be, it should be run. It's traditionally been run. And this isn't like underhand doing politics, you know, that politicians do. is isn't that. This is just someone going, you are not going to vote how I want you to. I want this to go through. Uh, so I'm going to remove you. It's fucking sketch. And I guarantee you, 90% of people won't even know this has happened. Here we go. I just found the article. Okay. I've, I've got a, we're, we're at, at time now. Yeah. But, right, so this is, oh, a fucking paywall. It's always a paywall. Uh, God. Ah, oh, this is Telegraph. Number 10, the headline is, Number 10, acting like North Korea to fast-track Rishi Sunak's Brexit deal. Minister accused... Ministers accused of rigging Parliament by replacing five Eurosceptic MPs from a committee with Remain vote, and they replaced them with Remain voters. Yeah. <laughs> Down the street has been accused of rigging Parliament to drive through Rishi Sunak's Brexit deal after five Tories threatened to vote against it were purged from the committee. Yeah. <laughs> and he's done that consistently. Yeah, yeah, it's insanity. It's insanity, insanity. So there's two things about this. I know you, you need to cut away, but there's, there's two things about this. Firstly, he has systematically removed people who supported Brexit from his, from his cabinet. And it's been through scandal, it's been through allegations and whatever. The amount of... Who's supporting Brexit? Yeah, so he's basically getting rid of the Brexiters. He, he wants a, 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 a... He's a Remainer, so he wants um, his cabinet to be Remainers because it's obviously a push to not reverse Brexit because I don't think we can do that legally, but bring us more aligned with Europe so that Brexit doesn't matter quite so much. You know, water it down as much as you can. And Northern Ireland is one of the big problems with it. So there's that. He's done that systematically and he's now done this again. So he's a problem because of that. But I'll just say, there will be people, just like I just we said with the capitalism socialism thing, who will go, yeah, we'll fucking Brexit. No. And they will miss what's happened. They will fall into the trap of missing the fact that he, this guy's done something really fucking sketchy for democracy in this country. Because they instantly go down the well, fucking stupid idea, you idiot who broke for Brexit. It doesn't matter about fucking what you voted for with Brexit. It's like, this is how we run the country. And it shouldn't yeah. be run like this. Like, you really got to no. take those fucking blunkers off. No. Madness. <laughs> it made mad, no, madness. I, didn't, I hadn't heard this. I hadn't heard this. And most madness. people won't have, dude. Most people won't have. <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. Anyway, Happy days. Enjoy this good, 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 good. Faye just dropped that grenade. Yeah, she did, didn't she? Didn't well she? done, well done, Faye. Um, but that, this, this, that sort of feedback is what we want because that's good because it will it sets off. We can talk about things. Um, it's also why doing a live one or something like that would be good because we can have this live. You know, you can be in the comments talking to us, and you can tell us when we're being dicks, basically. I'll tell you. Well, obviously, I'm obviously never... me, you're quite reasonable. <laughs> I remove I, friends who think people who think I'm a dick. I remove them from my friend circle. I do. Well, they're not in my friend circle anyway. Yeah. I, but... you're, you're the only person in my friend circle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that problem. Um, well, let's start a date then for this life that you want. Okay, to well, I'll think about it. Yeah. Not, not now. No, no. <laughs> what, I think once a month in the evening, so people can do it after work. I'd actually tune in. Um, yeah. Happy with that? Cool. Happy with right, that. Right, okay.
Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please do comment. Tell us if we're dicks. You know, you can see this YouTube, Twitter, uh, Substack, obviously. You can see this in many places. Share widely. Let's fucking sort this bollocks out because there's some real dramas. <laughs> we need to talk about it. At the very least, we need to talk about it. <laughs> right. Have a nice day. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Thank you, people. Bye-bye. Bye.